Welcome to What a Time. I'm Maggie, helping you get across campus and beyond one pep talk at a time. I have the most epic episode for you today. We are joined by Megan Fitzgerald, who is a life coach and fitness instructor, because we are talking all about body, and I knew I had to bring in an expert. After mentoring for almost 10 years, in my private practice, I can tell you that themes come in waves. So meaning like the same topic comes up for girls around the same time. And this spring was all about body image. And because I take Megan's workout class, I knew that she'd be the perfect person to talk about this with. She's fun. You're going to want to hang out with her. She keeps things real. There's no BS. And today we're lucky enough to get a body life chat with her. If you've been being hard on your body, maybe you've gained what you consider the freshman 15. Maybe you've been really consumed in your thoughts about what you look like. This is the episode for you. We go into it all. We share our own body stories. Megan gives us tips and tricks, and it's just overall a really amazing episode. Also, as you're listening, if you're really digging Megan, she has an online membership, so you can catch more of her there as well. Let's get into it. We were talking before we hit record that we all have a body story. It seems, especially with women, although I've seen it with my guy friends too, I won't exclude mm-hmm. that we all have a body story. Mm-hmm. Does that resonate at all with you? Does that sound yes. like- Yes, yes. So your body story. I'll share oh my, my gosh. body story. You go first. <laughs> all the body stories. Yes. First of all, while we're recording, it's 11-11. So at 11-11, I like to think of something I'm grateful for. Because everybody listening, it's probably not 11, 11 where you're listening, but just take a second. The woo-woo meets the practical. That's what we're getting today on the podcast. Okay. So my body story, right? Yes. First of all, our bodies are a gift. I fully, fully believe that. And if we're going to get super woo-woo, like this is just the container we've been given to go through this experience of life. Okay. With that, my body story started when I was around three. And I was this little tiny string bean. And then I had this belly that popped out and I was told, hold your stomach in, hold your stomach in, hold your stomach in. And so from a very young age, I was taught that it's better to change the shape of your, of your body. And I didn't understand why until I got a little bit older and was like, oh, it's more pleasing to look at. Oh, you look better when you hold your stomach in, right? So from then I, you know, I was a super active kid. I did dance, I did gymnastics, I did soccer, I did all of the things. And I was terrified to be a hundred pounds. This is when I didn't even know how old I was. I don't know, 12, 11, like before you like really start to grow, right? I was like, when I'm a hundred pounds, oh my God, that's when I really got to start to lose weight young. And then through high school, this, my body started changing and it's still super active. I loved diet pills. I took, I spent all my money on diet pills, like trying to be as small as possible. I thought smaller is better. I ate very little. I remember going to prom, like star so hungry, but I got so much positive feedback. Megan looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so my body story became change your body to get compliments. That external validation is a good thing. That's what we need. I was never taught to give it to myself, to look in the mirror and be like, you're strong, you're active, you can dance, like you're amazing. Right? That, that was just not part of my vocabulary. I didn't see it like that. So the body story was be as small as possible. And that's the best thing you could do. Then go to college had a blast, (laughs) ate and drank a lot. Um, If we could go into those specifics, 
gained the freshman 15, of course, which was probably more like 20, spent the whole summer trying to work it off. I worked full time. Like stress was a huge piece of my body story too, all through high school and college. I was like constantly stressed, which of course held on to weight at no point was this, let's take care of your body. So you feel good. Let's manage your stress. Let's figure out why your digestion is a complete disaster. No, it was lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. Oh, why do you have cystic acne? No idea. You should probably lose weight. Okay. Lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of over-exercising. It was a lot of being super hard on my body. I went abroad, um, junior year, went to Italy. I was the only one of my friends to join a gym. I was the only American in this gym with all the Italian women in the locker room, buck naked. It was, it was, a, it was a thing over in Italy. I can, I, we could do a whole episode on that, but I ran, I worked out and I gained the most weight. It was, it was, it was crazy. So I've been, my body story was like, I was always at war with my body and my body was just trying to like, help me do this cool stuff. Take me to college, go to dance class, go abroad. Yeah. Where did you go to college and did you go away from home? Kind of. So I went to University of New Hampshire. I'm from New Hampshire. Okay. Um, and it's, it was 45 minutes away. I lived at school. Yeah. I, I had to stay in state for financial reasons and whatever. And I'm so glad I did. I had the best time ever. But then I went abroad to Florence. So that was my way away. The reason I ask is because I find that typically freshman year for girls or for any student is at least in my private practice, the time where they've had the most freedom that they've ever had in their tiny little lives, that it is the first time they can choose like what kind of foods to consume, what to do with their time, what time to go to bed. If you want to eat cookies in your bed at 3 a.m., you can totally do that. You know, we don't even have to get into the booze of it all and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. And I know that like my parents were strict. So if I was trying to like stay up late and they would know. So when I got to college, I did the like, I was like, I'm out until however long I I want to be. I don't have a curfew here. I'm thrilled. I am going to be the most fun I've ever been. Right. Like, but it's that like, you're responsible for your own decisions at that time in a different way than you were as a kid. So that's why I ask. I'm just, it's, it's interesting because I was allowed to do pretty much whatever I wanted to do always. And I don't know how I didn't get into more trouble, but I really, (laughs) right. I think like I had that trust and I was like, okay, if I want to be able to stay out all night, like I really can't mess this up. But, um, and I didn't, And then when I got to college, I think I just rebelled in a different way. Like I didn't want to be regimented anymore because I saw all of my friends eating the ice cream bar and whatever. And I was like, wait, if they can do that, I want to be able to do that too. And so I, yeah, I had restricted myself food wise. And then all bets were off. Like, let's go. We're it's 2 a.m. We're ordering pizza. Yeah, we're ordering pizza. This is what we do here. This is what happens. Yeah. So where do you feel like you made the transition well, wait, before we get into that, we'll, we'll get there. I'm going to ask about the transition from like kind of being at war with your body to being on the same team as your body. I, mm. I use that verbiage a lot when I'm talking to my, my students, but just quick. So you're not alone in your own body story. I'll share, I'll share mine so we can yes. hold hands into this interview. So I danced my whole life and I remember being in class when I was probably in middle school and we had a ballet teacher come in on a Saturday just to be a guest teacher. And she came in and she said to the girls all lined up on the ballet bar, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. You're fine. Lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. You're fine. And I got the, you're fine, but it made me realize I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like I could maybe someday be in the not fine category, which I kind of heard in your Mm -hmm. three-year-old story, which, oh, to be a baby and, and recognize that. And then 
sort of my body story led into that kind of stuff where dance became a lot about what you look like. Mm. And then high school, I went to an all girls high school where just like weight was on the mind a lot and what you look like was on the mind. And then I danced in college and it kind of subsided a little bit more then, but we were wearing crop tops and stuff before they were everywhere. Same, (laughs) same. And then that became more of a thing to think about, like, cause I went to Boston college and we danced in front of like that, like 50,000 fans or something somewhere along the lines, I shifted from what my body looks like to what it feels like. Mm. And I, I can kind of tell you when it happened, but it's one of those things that happened overnight, but really took like 3000 steps before. And then all of a sudden it lifted. But when I, I got dumped Megan by my college boyfriend in a Starbucks in public. And I was embarrassed. We had dated for like four years and I was so upset about the breakup that I, I lost 30 pounds Mm. and I had to buy all new clothes, all this stuff. And then when I started to gain the weight back, cause I got happy and healthy and I was like feeling myself again, I was like, wait, I want to stay this tiny. And I couldn't do both. It almost felt like, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's not about the jeans. It's not about the size. And then that sort of, when I realized I felt so much better in the body area that it didn't matter what size it was. It was all the mindset. Totally. When do you, I feel, I know you've had the shift because I see how you teach. When do you feel like that shifted for you? Or can you talk more about the mm-hmm. shift? Cause I want to give, you know, people out there that like hope that this is totally possible. Right. Right. Well, and I want to start with like, I didn't believe it was possible for me. I thought this was my headspace was that my body was always going to be a struggle. It was always going to be a struggle for me to be thin. And I just had to deal with it. And that's just it. And when you tell yourself, this is always going to be a struggle, you create the struggle, right? So even when I started to feel glimpses of happiness, just like you were describing, I kept myself in struggle always. I see myself do it even now, keeping myself in stress within my business in different ways, right? Like, even though I'm uncomfortable, that's is my comfort zone. It's just the way that I grew up and I'm undoing it now because I'm an adult and I can think on purpose, but it is, it's deep, right? So when was the shift? Before I say the shift, I had a college dance experience where I was doing like a port de bra and the teacher came over and grabbed like a love handle and said, you need to get rid of this. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that is so, so productive. Thank you so much. Yeah. So that was so taking this out of class with me. (laughs) And carry me forever. Yeah, that was a pivotal moment. And so uh, the body story that, you know, was given to me when I was three that I absorbed as truth or from that dance instructor, right? Like these are their stories that we take on as true for us, but it's not true for us. Those stories don't belong to us unless we decide that they do. So that's when the shift started to happen. When I saw that I could create my own body story. And when I could create my own body story and the possibilities were endless of how I could feel, how I could move, I didn't have to beat myself up. I didn't have to kick my own ass and hit workouts every single day. I didn't have to feel like that. I didn't have to quote unquote struggle anymore. I was like, oh, well then how could I feel? Could I feel good? Could I feel strong? Could I not pay attention to the scale as much? Could I have like a five pound swing where like, this is just kind of my happy place where I live. And it's not, again, it's not a struggle. And for me, I do, I have a five pound swing where I don't look super different. Like, you know, if I'm at the higher end of the five, my jeans are a little bit tighter but I'm not making that mean anything. It doesn't mean that I'm fat, that I'm gross, that I need to lose weight. All it means is I've probably been 
eating more sweets with my kids and like had some more wine than I should have. That's all that it means. It doesn't mean anything aesthetic about me. Whereas before I used to make it mean that I was fat. I was lazy. I wasn't doing enough. I'm always going to struggle is what I made that mean. And now I make it mean, okay, I can lose it if I want to I'll figure it out. It's not a big deal. I get to choose happiness now. And, you know, it really came in healing my body. I mentioned that I had a lot of stuff going on digestive wise. So, and I had migraines and I had cystic acne. I'm a migraine girly too. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. When I realized that food was contributing to those things, I was like, oh, wait a second. Cause I just looked at food as, is this going to make me fat or is this going to make me skinny? I never looked at food as this is fueling my body. How am I going to feel my best? It was don't eat carbs because carbs make you fat. Sweet potato. Oh my God. Never terrifying. Absolutely not. But then when I learned like, okay, sweet potatoes actually help me kind of balance my cortisol and I'm really freaking stressed out. Oh, and it has all of these other vitamins. Like, okay, maybe I can add that into my breakfast scramble and I'm not going to blow up like a balloon. And I learned to, to use food as my friend and movement as my friend. And again, stop the war with my body. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Cause I almost feel like we are at war before we realize we've chosen war on our Mm, bodies. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I think this also relates a little bit to the food drama, body drama stuff. I've heard you sort of use that language. Right. So it's, again, it comes into our atmosphere, our awareness at a super young age. And again, these aren't our stories. These are from our mothers, 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 from society, from the billion dollar diet industry that wants to feed us the next craze. Right. And now social media, which you can speak to a little yes. bit later, but yeah. Yes. It comes from all of that. And, the, and those are all fed by all of those things, right? So it's from a young age. Like when you hit puberty, oh, you're going to gain weight when you get boobs, right? And then it's when you go to college and then it's when you have kids. And then it's when you're, you can always be at war because your body is always changing in a different way. So you're fighting a different battle or you can view it as like the most natural thing to ever occur in nature. Not one living thing stays the same. You don't water a plant and then see the plant grow and be like, oh my, what a fat ass plant. That plant is so lazy. You're like, well, that's gorgeous. Right. And then, but we grow and we do exactly what we're meant to do in nature. And we do everything in our power to keep ourselves small or to snap back or to bounce back. But like, as in nature, our bodies are changing and growing and evolving. It couldn't be more normal, but we are taught to stay as small as possible, not as healthy as possible, not feeling as energized as possible. Small is always the goal. I think humans fear change in general Mm. and change is like the only constant as they say. Mm -hmm. I have this conversation a lot with girls who feel like they've gained the freshman 15. I was like, why did you have the expectation to stay your 16 year old wait for Mm -hmm. your whole entire life? If this episode is resonating with you, then I definitely think that you would love my mentor membership. So the mentor membership houses all my tips, tricks, and resources in one place so that students can have access to support at any time that they need it. There are podcasts, self-care shares, which is a what Maggie loves for self-care tips, 
journal exercises, meditations, we have it all, all on themes related to the college experience. And that includes body because obviously that's a really big topic for people. To get access to the membership, all you have to do is go to maggiedepasquale.com and click online membership, but it's also linked in the show notes. So you literally don't have to go anywhere. I totally wish I had this membership in college and I'm just so grateful that I can offer it to college students now. Okay, let's get back to the episode. I love the five, what'd you call it? The five pound swing. Yeah. yeah. That's like my happy place. I live in the five pounds. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But, it, but there was a time in my life where that wasn't fine. It was terrifying. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's the, it's never actually what happens to us. It's our expectations that create that super discomfort. Right. So if you go into co- like call it being like, I'm not going to, you're expecting to stay the exact same weight. Like I did, I'm going to stay my prom weight forever, even though I like didn't eat and I was miserable and I was so hungry. Right. I'm going to stay that weight forever. But then I gained weight and I am like distraught. Whereas if I went to college and I'm like, everything is changing. My routine is changing. My sleep habits are changing. What I'm putting in my body is changing. How I'm moving my body is changing. Of course, my body's going to change. Of course, very different feelings would happen. <laughs> Right. It would be more acceptance, more, totally. this is how it's, of course, this is how it's going to go. It's fine. Maybe curiosity would happen. Maybe determination, motivation. I don't know. Versus self-loathing. Yes. And I hear you also say that we cause ourselves stress by the meaning that we give to things. Mm-hmm. So that five pound swing, you get to decide the meaning in that. Well, that- Yep. And let's say you gained, let's say you broke up, your boyfriend broke up with you, right? But you gained 30 pounds, right? Well, you gained the 30 pounds. Yeah. What are you making that mean? Are you making it mean you went through a traumatic heartbreaking event and maybe you weren't feeling your body right, but that's okay. You can figure it out. Or are you making it mean you're fat and gross and no one's ever going to love you? So you get to choose. I heard you on one of your podcasts do this or that. Megan had an exercise in one of her podcast episodes. She has a podcast called Resting Bliss Face. We'll make sure we link it in the show. Shout out. Yeah. Um, But you know how in, well, I'm going to say in magazines, but (laughs) do those exist anymore? But you'll see online, (laughs) online, (laughs) that they'll have swapped this for this to make it locale or, you know, healthy or whatever. And I remember I tried to, when I was like doing my yoga training and I wanted to be like super Ayurvedic and healthy and all this stuff. I remember going through that and be like, I really just wanted like a bowl of regular ice cream, not like bananas, Mm -hmm. which I like a frozen banana every (laughs) once in a while. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but you kind of did a, you know, swap this for that in the thought category, which I thought was really genius. And it's sort of the meaning that you're giving to things that you can either, I like the example that you gave when it was like pants that didn't fit or like wearing joggers or something. You could be like, so happy to be comfy versus like, Yep. I'm so mad at myself for not being able to put hard pants on today. <laughs> right? Okay, so this is perfect. Yes, this is this or that thought addition. And we everything is a neutral. So I want to start by saying that it's a neutral. The bowl of ice cream is a neutral. Jeans are a neutral. Five bodies are a neutral, right? It's the thought that we associate with them that creates the feeling of a positive or a negative. So let's take me right this second, for example. I have my period. I'm so bloated. It's a crime scene. 
So I could put my jeans on and I could be like, oh my God, you're so bloated. This is gross. You, I feel gross. Like how many times have we said that? I feel so gross. This is disgusting. Millions. Right? I can't wear a bikini. I can't wear anything tight. I'm so bloated. Or same circumstance, which is a neutral. I have my period. I'm already in pain. I'm uncomfortable. And I have my Viore joggers on right now. And I'm sitting <laughs> here so comfy. I have a very cute professional top on. <laughs> And I'm giving my body permission to feel how it wants to feel. And I'm honoring my body by putting the joggers on and staying at the regular discomfort of, I have cramps right now and I'm loaded, not adding the discomfort on top of telling myself that I'm so gross. So everything is a neutral and you can choose a this or a that. And I'm not telling you to choose a toxic positive. Well, at least I am alive today. Yes, of course. Yes. We're happy to be alive. Yeah. Take a more neutral, believable thought. Like how can I, I'm going to honor my body right now as it is today versus talk shit about it. Can I swear? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love a swear. (laughs) Gets the point across. Truly. Yes. Oh God, I should have known Jersey girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> we're fine here. So I, I took a left turn, but I asked you about like the food drama, body drama. Oh yes. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. I think that this is exactly that. And I mm-hmm. think that we don't know that we're in the drama of it a lot of times. So can you like speak to a little, like what, what does food body drama look like and how can you notice when you're doing it maybe so that you can choose something different and make less meaning to it? Sure. Perfect. We're dramatic okay. sometimes. We are very dramatic and our brain, I call it a bitch brain. Our bitch brain can turn on and be so loud. It's all you hear. And this is all ages. This happens in work life, mom life, dance life, college, like all life. Our bitch brain turns on and she's really loud sometimes. So the body drama and the food drama comes up examples like you're going to the beach with your friends. And you want to put on a bikini, but you're not thin enough. And -and so-and-so is thinner and more tan. And therefore that means that you are pale, fat, and gross, and you should not wear a bikini and you should cover up and you should not even walk to the ocean because your thighs are going to jiggle. And God forbid somebody sees that you have working legs that may move with relaxed muscle. Right? So we make it mean all of these things. That's where the drama comes up. And sometimes it's food drama. Like we're recording this before 4th of July. So maybe you go to a barbecue and Mm-hmm. There's potato chips there and you want them and you're salivating, but you can't have them because if you have them, that means you're off plan and you don't have any willpower and you're going to be bloated and gross and gain weight because they have a lot of salt in them and they're a carbohydrate. That's where, where it pops up versus let's say again, you're at the beach and when you are thinking all of that drama about your body, you're not available for joy and connection and fun. You, you just take that right out of your experience yourself because you're in the drama. Same with the potato chips. Eat a few potato chips. Let the drama kind of quiet down. And it's still going to be there, right? If you have food issues and body issues, the drama is still going to be there. It gets to be there. But you get to turn the volume up on, these are delicious. Of course I can eat some. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. So it's where you're at in the drama. And sometimes it's really loud and paralyzing. Does that answer it? 100%. And those okay. examples were stuff that I viscerally have done. Yep. So to hear, yep. It feels really good not to be alone, alone with that. When you were talking, it also reminded me of when 
I turned down the drama, the body food drama. So I remember it was my birthday and I was like, I can eat whatever I want today because it's my birthday. And I was like, why do I feel like I can't eat whatever I want on any other day? And when I said, I, um, I remember on that birthday, June 11th, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can eat whatever I want and I want a smoothie. <laughs> You know, like that- a milkshake. I didn't want whatever. And I was like, I can live like this all the time. I trust myself to know yes. what's right for myself. And this is a big conversation I have with my students and their parents all the time around self-trust and body trust. Mostly it's just like the trust umbrella and then how we've decided to put it into the different categories. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, this is huge. And this is something I talk to my clients about all the time too, is developing trust for yourself that you know best, not again, those body stories that we've absorbed, not the Instagram account that says keto is best, not your best friend who lost 20 pounds. No, nobody knows what's best for your body. Not even your mother, right? Because we all have different genes. We have a different, yes, 50% of your genes came from your mom, but 50% did not. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, wait a second. I get to truly feel and tune in, but it's really hard to tune in when all of that noise from all of the other stories that other people have for us are coming in. Yeah. I mean, the idea that somebody else knows what's best for our body when they've never seen our blood work or what we enjoy or how much we move or any of that is just so outdated. And and to your point of, wait, I can eat anything I want. And then you still choose the healthy thing. It's like, yeah, of course. Of course, because if you trust yourself and your goal is to feel good, okay, if your goal is to feel good, to be energized, to, you know, support and honor your body, you're nine times out of 10, you're going to choose the nourishing version. And that other time you're going to choose joy, whatever that looks like, right? If that is ice cream or French fries or a whole bag of chips, whatever it is, but you have trust with yourself. And then if you do something that, you know, you eat something, you know, doesn't agree with you, doesn't feel good. You're not making that mean you suck and you have to clean it up and you can't eat for two days. You're making it mean, oh gosh, I learned that lesson again. I actually can't have dairy. I have people that keep (laughs) learning that over and over and over and over and over and over. I'm like, when you're ready, you'll stop. When you're ready, you'll stop until then have a bellyache. It's up to you, but deal with that problem. <laughs> yeah. But right. How can you like show up for yourself? It's really just supporting yourself and we can show up for ourselves in the food we eat and the way we talk to ourselves. Like it can start now. It doesn't mean you have to plan a one hour workout later today. It's literally now when you look in the mirror, you can show up by yourself for yourself by not being a huge bitch and picking yourself apart. So that's a choice. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to like lean into that choice in the negative and then be like, oh, I'm choosing, I'm going to choose again here. Like, I think that sometimes we feel like, well, I chose to be mean. That means I'm just mean. And then it's like, no, you can be like, that was mean, but I also am grateful or I'm also here with myself and yeah, whatever, yeah. however you want to sort of shift into a more positive mind. Right. That was just my bitch brain talking, right? Yeah, like my bitch brain. Yeah. My bitch brain holds me back all the time, but I've learned to turn the volume way down on her. Yeah. Totally. And I get to develop my own voice. It's pretty powerful. 
I also feel like I'm at a point right now where I'm really unattached to food in a way that helps me pick exactly what I feel like needing because there's nothing off limits. So if I feel like a pasta dinner or whatever we would consider bad, because nothing is bad. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have it where anything is good or bad. It is an incredibly freeing way to live. And I think like that's part of the five pound swing for me. Like, Yeah. Yeah. There's no moral value attached to food. I ate good today. I ate bad today. I ate so bad this weekend. I have to clean it up on Monday. I have to be really good. Right. I think we've all said that, or we know if we heard some of the, I have to be good today. Right. There's no more of diet starts tomorrow. Always. Yep. 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 It's like, and when you think I was bad this weekend, when the thought is I, I was bad this weekend, or I ate bad this weekend, when you do something bad, you feel guilt and shame. Right. And, but what else happened over the weekend? Did you have a blast with your friends? Did you connect with people? Did you have so much fun, right? So that you can easily be like, I had a lot of fun this weekend. I'm not really going to have any, like any booze, extra sugar. Like I'm just not, I I don't need that right now. Yeah. Not, I have to get back on track and, and fueled by guilt and shame. Yeah. Yeah. Like the intention behind why you're making a change matters. Exactly. Exactly. So I heard you sort of lean into this a little bit that we don't have to take on other people's stories about their bodies and, you know, use that as a lens to look at our own bodies. I hate to ever make it seem like I'm blaming moms because I, I'm so on your team. I am a mom lover. I love my mom. I'm a mom supporter. I love all the moms that I talk to or coach in my private practice. However, I do see the mom's story about their body show up in the girl's story. I hate to make that connection, but it is there. And you are the mom of three gorgeous girls. So I'm sure this you know, has crossed your mind as well as a parent. Can you talk to that a little bit? Mm-hmm. I can make it more of a question. I just yeah. gave you a theme. <laughs> I was like, Run. give me a sentence. I'll go. Yes. So yeah, my daughters are young. They're young. Um, my youngest is one, but, and, and the same, like I'm a mom, I have a mom, I work with moms. Like it's not your fault, right? This isn't meant you've just, we take on these body stories. Right. And I was fortunate enough to have worked through mine before I have kids, but it's never too late. And again, don't make this mean you need to put shame on yourself or feel bad, or you can just start now. You can start now, right? But the best way to do it is start to mother yourself. Mm-hmm. The mamas, we got to mother ourselves. And the we model what a healthy relationship with food and movement looks like. So do you want me to talk about what I do? How I implement it yeah. with my girls? Yeah, okay. Love, love a personal example. <laughs> I want to know everything about you. I've tricked you into hanging out with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, stop. Um. So how it shows up for me, my oldest just turned six and my middle is three and my youngest is one and a half. So I had a baby in 2019 and 2020. So talk about body changes and I'm still working through with PT to heal my broken abs, but that's fine. I could say, cause I've, I, I've lost weight after every baby. I could say I have to work out. I have to lose weight. I could say, oh my God, I have to eat another salad because I'm not eating blah, 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 right? Or I choose to say, I, most of the time, I don't really say anything. I just kind of eat my salads. Uh-huh. I'm like, yum, that was so good because I make salads that I want to eat. 100%. And that Mar- Marlo, my oldest is like, why are you always eating salads? I'm like, well, vegetables feel really good for my body. 
and food from the ground is really good. All the vitamins. So I started talking about it. And now she asks me, what does green food do for you? What does orange food do for you? And half the time I like, can't recall the answers, but I'm like, oh, well, it's really good for your eyes or, you know, red food and purple food has lots of antioxidants. So it helps you stay healthy. So you don't get sick when you go back to school, whatever. Right. So that's how I model it. And I have them move with me and I do my workouts with my kids. And so my sister's 14 years older than me. She has, um, a daughter just graduated high school and one in college and they work out together. They work out together. They move together. It's a beautiful thing. And I want that to be us too. And now Marlo will carry stuff. And she's like, I'm so strong. And Kenzie talks about how strong she is. But when I was that age, it was like, hate your body. Mm -hmm. Right. I did. I didn't hate my body yet. I just thought I had to change it. But all I knew from women around me was change your body, look in the mirror, talk shit about yourself, put on as much makeup as possible, go out and be as brave as you can in the world. And so I am very mindful that I don't, you know, spread that same message to the girls. And I, and I help my mamas do the same, but like, it's not easy work. No. And we have to come from a place of compassion again, like, okay, this story doesn't actually belong to me. I can change this for me and for my daughter and son, like whatever. I'm never having more kids, so I won't have a son, but like (laughs) we can change it for your kids without shame, without guilt, without thinking that like you've fucked them up for life. Everything's okay. Take a breath. Mother yourself, mother your people. I get a lot of parents that are like, how do I change my, how do I get my daughter to do this? And it's always from a good place. It's never bad. It's like, how do Mm. I get my daughter to have more confidence? How do I get my daughter to love herself more? It's never like, how do I get her to get straight A's? It's never like that. But I get a lot of that stuff. And a lot of it I say is like modeling. And I know that's not the answer that we want to hear. And with teens, adolescent development is where they pull away from their parents so that they can explore who they want to be out in the world. And that's really important. We want them to do that when they seem like they're not listening to you because they're in this self-exploration phase that they're watching what you do. If my mom told me right now, like you should go for a walk for your health, I'd be like, you should get out of this. (laughs) (laughs) But like, if I wanted to go for, you know, if I saw her go for a walk, I might be like, oh, that actually seems like a nice activity. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the modeling becomes even more important in uh, the teen years. And especially when they're in college where again, they have that independence that they haven't had before or the, an autonomy maybe to run their lives in ways that they haven't before. It's like modeling health for them, whatever that looks like for you so that they can pull the pieces that feel right for them. You would be surprised how like your exact words about your body are coming up with your daughter's words about her body, being aware of when you're being mean to yourself. Mm -hmm. And maybe that could be the motivation to sort of have that self-compassion so much to add. Like, right. The, there, I saw a quote once I was like, how you speak to yourself becomes your daughter's inner voice. And I remember hearing that. And that was so true for me. And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. With the mamas, if you are trying to make a change, I, this is what I suggest to my clients is that you say it out loud, be vulnerable with it. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to go for a walk every day for my health do you want to come with me? And she might be like, hell no, beat it. But, but you're saying it like, this is what I'm trying to do because I want to be better. Would you like to join me? Don't no offense if she doesn't, but just, you get to do it. And then she gets to be like, wait, what do I want to do for my health to be better? You can just keep saying options, right? I'm ordering a salad with salmon because I know I need to eat more vegetables. Cause that'll help me feel better. That's it. Not because I can't have carbs because 
having vegetables as a staple of our diet is a good thing to do, right? I'm trying to start my day with a glass of water, just chug it because I need more hydrogen. Just say it. You don't have to be like, you have to have a salad right now with me too. No, they get to do it, but saying it out loud. And then it's almost an invitation for you, for you to do it together. But if you're struggling with it, say it. Like uh, with me, I'm trying to swear less around Marlo. <laughs> you go, I'm going to sound like the worst mother, but I'm no. like, I say it and, and Marlo's real. like, mommy, that is a bad word. And I could be like, listen, kid, I'm the mom. I can say whatever I want. But instead I'm like, you know what? Thank you for reminding me. I'm really working on that. I'm trying to get better. So it gives her permission to fail and to stumble and to work on things too. And it's fine. It's all fine. And I think it goes back to like the first thing that we talked about. It gives her permission to change. Yeah. Yep. Permission to change your mind. It's okay. Oh, permission. Oh, we have to go into, we're going into the set piece after this. Yes. But one thing that I was thinking about when you were chatting is around the ability to let your daughter be exactly as she is too. Can you let yourself be okay with where you are to let your kids be okay with where they are at? And that doesn't mean we love everything they're doing. Like it's accepting them for who they are right in this moment, not who we want them to be or wish they were or who they were before that that's Mm -hmm. related to the body talk too. And I always say that where you don't trust your kids becomes places where they don't trust themselves. So for example, I have a lot of parents that want to make all their kids appointments for them in college. So their dentist, their doctor, which I get, I want someone to do that for me now or (laughs) anyone for hire, (laughs) but like, or make their appointments with me for sessions. And I'm like, I, you know, I communicate directly with the kid because they have to learn that like, it's okay to let me down and be like, I actually can't do today. And I forgot to let you know, Mm. how does that work? That you taking over could help them not trust themselves to be able to take care of their schedule, you know, mishaps happen, or, you know, you need to cancel and whatever. So I think this relates to the body as well. Like where you don't trust yourself becomes sometimes where they don't trust themselves in terms of like, knowing when they're full or yes, the food drama, body drama. Right. Right. Like finish your dinner, finish your plate, eat all the vegetables. Right. And I'm learning now it's like, okay, you, you offer like a love it food, a like it food, a try it food. And they don't have to eat everything. They don't even have to like, they don't even have to try it. I just want them to like touch the broccoli and squish it. And then if you don't eat it, you don't have to eat it. Right. But yes, helping them develop trust in themselves so that they can make the decision that feels best. Yeah. Maybe it is a walk. Maybe it's sitting in silence. Maybe reading a book. Maybe you scroll TikTok. I don't know. That's probably not the best, but <laughs> there are options. Yeah. And, and giving that permission to find what works for them while you find what works for you. Yeah. You giving yourself permission to find what works for you inherently gives them permission to find right. what works for them. Right. I believe. Right. Totally. Yeah. And even the confidence piece you said, like, how do I get my daughter to be more confident? Right. So it's like, yes, model confidence, but what if you're not feeling confident? Right. So then you can talk about your vulnerability about wanting to feel confident. Like I'm really working on my confidence. So here's what I'm going to say. And say it out loud, name a body part you're grateful for, or just like, don't talk shit about yourself to work on your confidence. Or I love how smart I am, or you do a good job at work. Like I spoke up for myself today. Proud. Oh, I love that. I think Dr. Becky Mm -hmm. like the good inside. She has like a quote that's like, feelings don't scare kids. It's like being alone with feeling scares kids. That's the same thing with all of this stuff as well. Like in the narration of what you're doing, although it could seem annoying (laughs) that they'll be able to like sort of see themselves in it and see that there's a way to navigate it differently and not alone. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they can hear you go through it and be like, oh, wait, my mom's human. Oh, my God. Interesting. Yeah. And this isn't like an all day everything where you're narrating the second you wake up to go to bed. It's just like a passing comment here and there that is is a higher vibe, a higher level, a better feeling thought than you talking shit about yourself and your daughter hearing it and then wondering why she's not confident. Yeah. And talking shit about food, good food, bad food. I hear that one a lot. Yes. So I want to talk about the set. I love the name. Thank you. Can you talk about it? Because I think this is what makes you so unique. Well, there's a lot of things. So the set is Megan's online membership. Mm -hmm. I want to get it right. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's a workout platform because it's more than that, but I also want to say it's a workout platform. Right. (laughs) I'm actually having trouble articulating it fully because it's like, it's the set. It's a mindset and movement membership. So it's the combo of the two. It's the set. And then if you think workouts, you do like set one, two, and three that I think like, I personally think I'm a DJ. So I'm like doing a DJ set. Not really. I love your music. It's a movement and mindset membership. And yes, it's workouts. It's lots of workouts. And within the workouts, I never use language like get long and lean, get a tiny little waist, never using language like that, that would contribute to the fact that something is wrong with your body. Now, will my workouts help you achieve your body goals, whatever they may be? Absolutely. But again, it's going to be backed by love and good energy and abundance and excitement and motivation, not fear of getting fat, hating your body, deciding that you need to change to be loved, like any of that stuff, whatever's going on deep, deep, deep in the self, in the subconscious. So first and foremost, we have fun, but not fun in like a, we a throwaway. Like, no, it's hard. Maggie, you've done it right. Like workouts are tough. Totally. I have to say that I'm obsessed with your workouts. One, it so clearly has the mindset piece of the set, but it's, it's not in a way that's like silver lining anything. It is like rooted in your internal world. Okay. Wait, I have to give a really quick story. So I am a yoga teacher or I don't teach right now, but I did my training and I taught for a really long time. And when I go take classes, I only take my favorite teachers and I take Amy who I did my training with. And I will go sometimes account behind everyone else because that's what feels good to my body to slow down the chaturangas, to do whatever, because I'm very flexible and I have, I'm weaker in spots. If I don't go slow, like I'll sink into my lower back and, and stuff like that. And I don't want to do that. I always feel like I'm doing something a little bit wrong, not with Amy, but like, cause I'm not on their count or their cue. And I'm always like a few steps behind. I love that your workout, you give us permissions, but like internal ones. So like permission to do what feels good here, permission to let go, permission to, so you're not like, hold that plank, mm-hmm. it's like, hold the plank. And then like you had talked about permissions later, like in the beginning of class or something that you can pull in if you want. And then I found myself permissioning myself in the house later and permissioning to uh, not answer that text message right away and permission to go a little slower in my day. And I was like, the set, (laughs) (laughs) the set. That's so beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And, And it's just like the food, right? Like when you're like, I can eat anything I want and you chose a smoothie. It's like permission to modify this plank. You can drop to your knees. If you want to, you're still going to get the benefits. Yes. But maybe you stay on your toes anyway, but knowing that you can do that if you need to and everything's okay. I always say this is your body, your workout. I'm just here to guide you, right? I used to be front of the class doing the HIIT workouts. I I wanted the teacher to be like, oh my God, you're the best, the instructor, right? Like you were, 
And a lot of times I got that and I was like, yes, I needed that external validation. I just needed to give it to myself. Right. And I'd walk out of there hobbling and like at the time, like pull a hammy, like God knows what happened in that room. <laughs> I'm good. I was the best one in the class. That's all that matters. Not like, did that actually feel good for my body? It was just like yeah. such a switch. Like this is actually my time, my body. How do I want to spend this? Right. So permission to modify. And then I, a lot of times I'll be like, grab the weight, put the weight behind your legs, something like that. If you don't want to use the weight, don't use the weight. Don't make it mean anything. Whatever you want today is okay. It's okay. Don't make it mean anything bigger than it is. So yeah, it's a mindset and a movement, but like a full workout. And then there's 20 minute ones. I call it a quickie. There's leg only series. There's full body. There's 45 minutes. There's going to be more live classes. Those are my favorite. Yes. So she'll have like live classes that you can join in on zoom. Mm -hmm. And if you're in your area, you can join in some of them in person. Mm -hmm. I've been seeing you do the pool side. I'm jelly. I live far away, but where are you located? So I'm in Newburyport, Massachusetts. It's just North of Boston. We moved here a year and a half ago. I was 38 weeks pregnant. That was the <gasps> joy in COVID with a baby and a full body cast. And we did a renovation. Yeah. Kenzie had hip dysplasia. It's a whole other thing. She was in a cast from her chest to her ankles. I didn't know that. It was torture. It was absolute torture. I've been tested over and over, but here we are. And now we have poolside Pilates. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. Yeah. And so I'm mean, also in person and within the set, there will be monthly workshops. And that's more where we can like solidify this work and it's coaching and talking and I'll have a topic, but then we can just like go back and forth and shoot this shit and learn from each other and connect. Because like you said, it's so good to know I'm not alone. No, we're never alone in our bitch brain thoughts. And if we can lift each other up, like we've seen from masterminds, like we can lift each other up and support each other. It's like a completely new world. Permission to accept ourselves like is really granted. So that's what the set is all about. And it's brand new. So open for enrollment. (laughs) Everyone should definitely join. Also, what I like about the way you teach is that you make heavy topics fun. Mm, And I love that. I think in adding humor and levity to something that you feel is shameful or dark or heavy or just alone makes it way easier to heal. It's like Mm. taking the monsters and bringing them into light and just knowing that this is part of the human experience and how you digest it is sort of your choice as well to a degree. Yes, yes, yes. And everybody has their 50-50. Life is 50-50, 50% good, 50% hard, challenging, bad, scary, whatever. Nobody gets out of this lifetime without the 50%. Right. And again, it's how you deal with it. That creates the whole experience. So basically what I'm trying to say that if you guys are looking for like a fun way to maybe move your body, but also get in that important mindset piece, because Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want to your body, but if you don't have the mind on your side, you're missing a huge part huge part of it. You do it so beautifully. Thank you so much. In your classes and in your coaching. And it's it's really like a full holistic coaching. That means everything. Thank you. I'm very lucky to have finally found, not finally, I've been doing this for a long time, but like (laughs) find the mix of what works, what my clients need and want and feel supported and what's good for me and my body and my schedule with my 700 kids. Like it feels really, really good to be here. So I'm really excited to, to share. And I appreciate you so much for sharing it with your audience. I appreciate you. And it sounds like a commercial at the end, but like, I'm really just like a fan. (laughs) Yes, do it. I'm because I'm not buying ads. So go uh, off. Yeah. Where can everyone find you? Megan has a great Instagram and TikTok. So if you wanted to go, where where can everyone find you? Okay. So 
Instagram is Meg Fitz. There's a million Megan Fitzgerald. So it's Meg Fitz uh-huh. dot Gerald. And then TikTok, I'm like still playing around on there. We're getting, we're getting acquainted. It's at Meg Fitzgerald coaching. And then you can find the set Megan Fitzgerald.com slash workouts. And we'll make sure we have all the links for you. So you don't even have to go hunting for those. They'll be thank very you. applicable, thank but you. thank you so much for hanging out with me. You are amazing. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everybody listening. We got this. We got this. And that's my episode with Megan. I loved, loved, loved having her on. I really appreciated how real she was and all the personal stories that she shared. I think my biggest takeaway was the tip around the five pound swing. Can you give yourself permission to just not make it mean anything and just know that your body fluctuates and that we're able to change and not make it mean anything bad about ourselves. I felt like that was really helpful. If you missed that part, <laughs> go back and listen because that's my that was my favorite part. All of Megan's links are in the show notes. And if you feel like you want more mentoring or want to hear from me, my links are there as well. Thanks everyone for listening. And as always, I am rooting for you. <laughs>